Hello, folks. Welcome to the latest episode of the No Comments Allowed podcast. Uh, it's been a gap for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'm going to take a moment to explain why. Uh, Friday the 13th of November, I'd recorded the podcast. And, you know, I talked about a couple of things which I'm going to still talk about today. And as I was um, transferring the file to a smaller, more compact version, uh, clicked on the news and saw what was happening in Paris. Um, and I thought, no, no, this ain't right. And I, you know, felt it wasn't the right place to upload a podcast. I mean, what happened in Paris was fucked up. What happened, what's happened everywhere, pretty much, on this planet in the last couple of weeks has just been sickening across the board. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. And then so, you know, I scrapped that podcast. And <clears throat> last week I again recorded a podcast because there was, there was some stuff I wanted to talk about. But I played it back, and I wasn't very happy with it. Um, and it, look, as you know, I mean, well, you may know, you may not know. I get some, I get bouts of uh, depression. Not nowhere near as bad as I used to, but sometimes I just get down. And when I'm down, nothing's quite right. It's hard to get the energy up. And over the last couple of weeks with all the shit going on, you know, it affects you. And I mean, it's one of those things where you you try and find an unbiased news source to, to look at what's going on in the world. Because obviously, if you stick to, especially the American media outlets, you're just going to get half the fucking story. And then, you know, social media is the alternative and social media is a quagmire of supposition, rumor and half truth with the occasional nugget of truth buried under 35 layers of shit. And one of the things I I do is I spend a lot of time looking at Facebook and Twitter and seeing what my friends are up to and just clicking on interesting stories I might normally miss, perhaps, and just kind of just gets you down. Um... So, yeah, I just, I wasn't happy with last week's show. I rambled on too much in it, and I just thought, fuck it, I don't want to re-record it. Uh, so I shit can that one, too. Um, so, yesterday, I'm getting ready to record, and you start seeing more shit. I mean, it's been a rough week, again, with, you know, what happened yesterday in Colorado. Moron with a gun kills people a moron with a history of rank evil behavior still has access to automatic rifles and shoots five cops shoots a bunch of other people in the Planned Parenthood office and it's just a depressing state of affairs it really is it's just a sad disgusting state of affairs and yesterday's attack can be attributed to to a couple of people i mean it's attributed to every single politician who doesn't have the bollocks in this country to go after the nra 
and it's also attributed directly to the likes of Carly Fiorina, Ted Cruz, Ben Carson, and the rest of that gang of Muppets that's running for the Republican nomination. Because that's all they've done over the last three months is incite hatred and spread lies about what Planned Parenthood does and set the morons off. The morons with the guns, who they bow to. These are good Christian people, remember. These are good Christian people, because Christians aren't the problem, it's the Muslims, apparently. Yeah. Even though, you know, more people have died at the hands of white Christians in America than terrorist attacks. And that just pisses me off and it depresses me, especially, you know, this time of year. Because this is the one year, one time of the year that I hold hope, hold out any hope that we can actually be better people. You know, it's the holiday season. Americans were giving thanks on Thursday. Beating the shit out of each other on Friday for shitty TVs at Walmart. But Thursday was the give thanks day. And yet... We can't let refugees in. Oh, no. None of space. Plus, they're all terrorists. No, can't do that. But we're perfectly happy for militia to tromp around Texas with all sorts of automatic weapons because it's their God-given right. So, Muslim equal bad, Christian equal good? Yeah, fuck off. How about pretty much all religion equal bad? Because the assholes who take it at its literal value and use their pulpits and their um, platforms to spout bile and take the messages that are in their holy books and twist them to their own sick sick meanings. You know, those people are the problem. And those are the ones who need to be shot. Although I can't say that, can I? Oh, am I inciting something? Fuck it. These are fucking evil scumbags. If you use religion as a shield to perform hate, to discriminate against people, you're a cunt. And you don't get the basics of religion. The basic is, don't be a dick, don't be a cunt, don't be an asshole. Just be cool. And all these fuckers forget that in their quest for glory and personal wealth. I mean, you look at a bunch of these preachers with their mega churches and their 10, 20, 30 million dollar estate homes and their private jets that they've, they've raised by bilking money out of poor people, gullible people who need something to cling on to because their life's so shitty. These are the ones who should be up against the wall facing a bullet. And so this shit gets me down. It does. I mean, I tend to overthink things. I tend to stew. I mean, look, I you know, I work from home. From time to time, it's, uh, you know, my wife is my only sort of like person I interact with. Um, and I feel sorry for her. But uh, thankfully, she keeps me relatively grounded. Um, but yeah. It's a fucking sucky, sucky planet we live on right now. There's so much potential for good. And yet we shit all over it. All right, so yes, that's why there's not been a podcast for the last couple of weeks. And uh, sorry if you get offended by me putting a little bit of politics and personal stuff in there. Uh, in fact, I'm not sorry. Um, this is what you get. You listen to the show, you get a little bit of everything. 
just like you sometimes get movie reviews and you'll get comic book reviews and TV as well as video games, you'll also get my opinion on the state of this fucked up blue ball that, uh, you know, that we're doing our best to shit on. All right. Now let's change tack. It's uh, Saturday morning here in Los Angeles. I, uh, I'm not long out of bed. I am. Uh, I haven't even got dressed yet. I'm wearing my TARDIS bathrobe. Now nothing else. How about that for a fucking image? As I take a sip of my bottle of water. Uh, right, let's talk games. Let's talk about award season because the game awards are next week, um, December the third, here in uh, in Los Angeles, uh, at the the Microsoft um, Theater. Which is used to be the Nokia, I think. Oh. But anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about GOATI, Game of the Year Awards. We're starting to see the nominations come in. We've obviously seen them for the uh, for the Game Awards. And can I just call bullshit on all this stuff? Can I call bullshit on holding this shit in December? You can't have a Game of Year award issued in the same calendar year that you're given the award for. There are games coming out that should be included, probably, or at least be considered, and they're not being considered because, oh, we have to have the party in December. We have to have our awards in December. Fuck off. Just Cause 3 is getting so much hype right now. Just Cause 3 doesn't make the list because it's coming out in December. Star Wars Battlefront made the list. That wasn't out. A couple of days wasn't out. A game that by all accounts and purposes is uh, a gorgeous Star Wars game with uh, basically very shallow gameplay, very shallow, shallow weaponry. And uh, the gaming equivalent of a Big Mac and large fries. Which sucks. And one of the reasons I won't be playing the fucking thing. I've had friends ask, oh, do you want to play? So, you know, do you want to get on so we can, uh, you know, we'll get the game, we'll play together. I'm like, fuck off. You want to play a Star Wars game? Play Super Star Wars. It's coming to P- It's out on the PS4 right now. On PlayStation Network. This is a fucking hard Star Wars game for you. That's the game I was playing 30 years ago. 20 years ago. Yep, 20 years ago. Super NES. Um, so yeah, let's just look at, you know, we're the only entertainment industry or medium that has its game of, you know, its end of year awards before the end of the year. And it just, you know, you have to start calling into question the validity and the ethicality, which might be a word. If not, I made it up, um, of said awards and award shows. Because if a game like Battlefront, with its well-documented flaws, is up for Shooter of the Year, well, maybe the Shooter category is in a rough fucking state. But yeah, I mean, these aren't proper, you know, they're no longer proper awards. I mean, it was like the VGAs. It's like, how much money are you going to spend? How many stars can you bring? 
Bring your stars for voiceover time and then we will make sure you'll get X amount of awards. And that's what it is. It's not about fucking... It's not about actually the best games. It's about who's got the deepest fucking purse. So yeah, I call shenanigans. And I'm not the only one to call this... um, you know, this has been a bugbear of mine for a while, but there are a couple of people out there as well with common sense on their heads. So yeah, my message to all the outlets is don't do your shit till January because that's when you should recognize the best of 2015 in early 2016. Moving on. DOA Beach, beach Volleyball. Beach Booby Ball. A bit of a controversy over this one that sort of like died up and flared out and died up again. And Publishers said they're not going to bring the newest version of Bouncy Balls um, <clears throat> to the West because of the perceived bad reaction it will get from certain sections. And of course, by putting that out... They stirred up a bunch of assholes who, on both sides, who are like, well, we don't need boobs in games. Ah, We don't need violence in games. We don't need boobs in games. Ah." And then the other side is, you're taking our boobs away. Seriously, it's a fucking alternate bizarro Mensa meeting out there at times. Now, now, let's look at this. If the publishers don't want to bring it over here because they fear a backlash, fair enough. But I'm calling shenanigans. Because look at the way they worded their statements and tweets. And a couple of other companies joined in, like PlayAsia, blaming the hashtag SWJs. And look, why is social justice... Why is that a negative thing? Why wouldn't you want social justice? Social justice means equality. It means everybody gets a fair crack of the whip. Everybody gets paid what they're worth. People don't get discriminated against because of their color or their religion. I mean, these are all the basic tenets of what this country's founded on. So why people use that as a fucking insult, it just goes to show how stupid some people are. But anyway, yes... Let's be honest, what they've done in announcing this is created hype for it. Because it would have come out, reviews probably would have been mediocre. Um, I mean, let's face it, it's there for a bunch of, you know, teenage boys to oogle at. No particular gameplay in there. A lot of scantily clad women bouncing around. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that, for fuck's sake. Not every game has to be a stunning, descriptive, immersive world where you go through the trials and tribulations of being a one-legged trans person or whatever. And obviously, I'm just using hyperbole here, but games are fun. Games are supposed to be fun. Games are supposed to be silly as well as they can be interesting and thought-provoking and we need to have both 
Because one without the other makes for a very boring world. Just like we need our shooters. We need the games like, you know, Fallout 4 when you blow somebody's head off. It's funny. It's funny the first couple of times when you disable the, uh, you know, you try and disable the, the fucking perk. Um... But yeah, there's nothing wrong with what they want to, you know, if they want to bring the game out. The way they're doing it, though, is just so disingenuous. Like, oh, we foresee a bunch of abuse. Or they incite a bunch of abuse with that stupid statement. And, you know, all they've done is create a demand for it so that they can then say, oh, well, so many people have said they want it. We're going to bring it out now. And ba-boom, sales. That's what this is about. Fucking sales. It's a sales tactic. Game's totally fucking available. I think even the PS4 version, there is an English language Asia version that you can get that isn't region locked. So, ba-boom, sales. <clears throat> so, let me just throw this out to both sides. To the uh, ones who get all het up about the boobies and the ones who get all het up about the lack of the boobies. You fuckers been played. Played like the puppets you are. Neither side wins here. Neither side gets the moral high ground. The only one who wins is the developer and the publisher who sit back and count the fat cash. Because well done. Just like the console wars. Just like um, Wii U versus the world. Just like different iterations of third-party games on different fucking formats. Just like Call of Duty versus Halo versus Destiny. It's all a bunch of marketing bollocks that on the whole gets bought into and encouraged by most of the mainstream media. I've been guilty of it. Years ago, well, a couple of years ago, I was in on this whole, oh, PS3 is crap, now then Xbox 360 is great, and now PS1, PS4 is great, then Xbox One is crap. And, you know, I've had these opinions and if you if you want to back up, you know, a preference with regards to, you know, and use your facts, well, that's fair enough. But when you're buying into the hype and perpetuating the hype, then you're a fucking idiot. And yes, I'm a fucking idiot. I have been on numerous occasions and will continue to be so on numerous occasions because that's what I do. And I hopefully learn from it. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Anyway, yeah. So, I hope the game fucking tanks. because of the, Not because of the boobs. I got no problem with boobs. I was raised watching Benny Hill. I have nothing but appreciation for the female form. Certainly more attractive than the male form. And that's just, a, you know, I still have a healthy respect for women. But yeah, I hope this game's fucking tanks because of the douchebag way they fucking did it. And let me just say to those who are bitching that it's got boobs in it, shut the fuck up. You make everybody stupider by airing your fucking inane comments over and over. Like the games you like, play the games you like, and leave the other fucking games to other people, okay? Moving on. Tomb Raider. It's been two weeks while I've been trying to talk about Tomb Raider. Or Rise of the Tomb Raider, which obviously came out the same day as Fallout 4. A fucking genius move, wasn't it? Well done, Square Enix and Microsoft for that one. 
oh, let's go up against a game that's going to sell 15 million copies and we'll release it on one console only because of the exclusivity agreement. And then, oh, it didn't fucking sell. Who thought that would happen? Fucking stupid move. Which sucks because Rise of the Tomb Raider is a bloody good game. Just like the original, you know, the, the first Tomb Raider reboot was. It's not perfect, but it's still a bloody good game. I mean, it's an improvement on the last one in at least one section. They have tombs this time, which is good. And look, I mean, wandering around these various gorgeous environments with Lara Croft as she, uh, you know, seeks to uh, fulfill her dad's last quest. Making bows and arrows and shooting people with bows and arrows and skinning hides and looking at, you know, finding little tombs to explore and solve the puzzles. It's a butt-ton of fun. I mean, I think it's lacking something perhaps that the original had because, in, in you know, when they, and I say the original, the Tomb Raider game that came a couple of years ago, and, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it uh, for a while. And then I read a really good article that kind of just said there's a, there's, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between the two games. In the first one, we see Lara Croft being this, you know, nervous, out-of-a-depth girl who um, starts to adapt and really, you know, and, and under adversity starts to become the this amazing character who does what what she does to survive and to save her friends and then you know we saw the trailers uh, a couple of you know e3s ago and it was you know psycho uh, you know her sitting talking about ptsd and you know how she you know how the effects on that island you know they did affect her and i was looking forward to seeing again this lara croft i mean obviously not the one who started the tomb raider game but somebody who'd been through hell might have a few issues and that would have been interesting it didn't have to be you know incredibly deep but you know a little bit of character development like they had in the first one would have been really interesting and it doesn't deliver that lara's fucking rambo from from the get-go and that's my only real quibble with the game because it does feel a little bit off if you played the last one and completed it like what i did and you saw that whole journey and you thought, wow, that's pretty cool how they did that. Let's see what they'll do next time. <sighs> so that's the that's my major, well, one of my major quibbles. Um, like I said, the game looks gorgeous. It is a bunch of fun. You do get to explore these amazing looking areas. Um, the puzzles are certainly a step up on last time. I mean, obviously, you know, you'll come out of a cave into a valley and you'll see this gorgeous view. And it is linear. You know, it's a basically a, a bunch of trails leading between various set-piece areas that you can set up camp and, you know, get a bunch of wood to make bows and arrows and skin and hunt things and take out some bad guys and steal their weapons. And, uh, you know, it makes no pretense about that. It's not reinventing the wheel, and nor does it need to. And that's fun. That's fun. Uh, it does suffer from one of my, well, you know, one of my legendary pet peeves copyright trademark marcus beer 2015 um where just like in the first one you get to certain areas and you can't do anything with certain objects because you haven't upgraded your stuff enough yet 
And it's a tactic for the completionist. It's a tactic to bring people back in and extend the playing time where they say, well, it will take you six and a half hours to get through this game. But to get everything, you'll have to go back and replay it with all these different things. And then we will bump it up to 12 and a half hours. And that's a bit of a con. That is a bit of a fucking con. Um, which is a shame. You know, I mean, I just don't have... This time around, I don't have the energy to go back. Um... You know, especially as I'm playing other games right now, you know, and I'll talk about Fallout Revisited in a minute. Can't help it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a shame because this is a, a couple of tweaks apart. This is still a really great game. And I will say that if you're not a Fallout person and if you, you know, you can also get, I think, the, um, the last Tomb Raider game. I think it's on sale on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. You could probably pick it up do it cheap right now you should uh, and give it a try because if you're curious about this one i mean you know it's a great franchise and crystal dynamics do a really good job on the whole i mean it's you know there's there are a couple of like i said a couple of issues but it's still a really enjoyable really good game that uh you know i'd like to see more and maybe it's about time that somebody turned around to square enix and said you know what we're gonna buy that tomb raider franchise and crystal dynamics off you we'll take you know what we'll take uh deus ex as well because you couldn't you obviously couldn't market this shit to save your life because if you know they were bitching about the original tomb raider not making any money and now it's you know the new sales on this one and blah 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 and all the while, Final Fantasy Chocobo orgies is in development for 200 years and billions of dollars pissed down the drain on a cinematic of some androgynous anime boy flicking his gorgeous hair over and over. That goes on time and time again, of course. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Square Enix is really committed to this. And I think I look, I would like to see these games revert or move to a different publisher. Somebody get in there with some money and just... Put some more resources into it and this one hitman i mean all the old idos games hell somebody with a couple of million billion dollars buy that shit back reform idos i miss idos okay anywho next up fallout revisited because obviously fallout 4 is a game i've been playing a lot of and it is not a perfect game um it's still a very very awesome game in a lot of ways but there's a couple of things I mean, uh, you know, um, there are some glitches. Not a huge amount. I've been playing on the PC. Um, but there are some graphic, graphical graphical glitches, apparently. Graphical, too. Um, you know, where there's piles of leaves or, you know, um, floating in midair. Or, there, you know, you will shoot somebody and their body will disappear. Which is always annoying when it's a legendary who drops some really good loot. And... Sorry, I was stretching there. And it needs... There's a couple of things that just need a little tweaking to make them better. Um, and let's talk about... Let's talk about the crafting. Because the crafting is a major part now of, you know, building your own space and recycling and lots of other things. So recycling is a shit ton of fun. Well, just collecting everything. Because you know you're going to use bits and bobs to help build stuff. But then when you go to strip down like guns or armor or whatever to recycle, if, you know, like me, you're traveling with Codsworth, you can carry a shit ton of stuff, and then you take that stuff from him to go to a, uh, a you know, an armor workshop, and you're 
so encumbered or you know overloaded because all that leather weighs up and you're starting to recycle you can only individually or recycle individual pieces at a time which sucks if you're carrying 20 fucking legs 20 arms 20 chest pieces and so on and that needs to be tightened up one of the other things that that, that it would benefit from is when you're you know you're at the the work the workbench ready to craft and build your your cities you can't really wipe everything away you can wipe away the cars and the fallen trees and stuff like that and that's great but it would be nice just to wipe everything down to base level out ground make stuff flat make it easy to to plant on i mean like i'm not the most hugely skilled person i can't do minecraft or any other type of building game and I've seen some of the amazing structures people have built over the last couple of weeks. And I'm fucking jealous. But it is just kind of unwieldy. It would be nice to be able to say, all right, well, we're going to, you know what? We're going to recycle all this and we're going to start building some stuff here and there and we're going to flatten this out. And it also sucks though. you can only recycle within your certain bubble. where you only basically where there's you know uh, a an area you've taken over uh like an enemy hangout or hideout or whatever and as long as it's got the the crafting doodles you can turn that into your own lairs but i'd like to be able to do that everywhere i mean there's some awesome little caves where i just like to fucking turn me you or know, create a network of tunnels and perhaps it's not, not not feasible in the engine. Perhaps, you know, we'll have to wait for the mods or perhaps we'll have to wait until the DLC starts to arrive. And they, they tweak it. But it is just a little unwieldy. I mean, you know, why can't I zoom all the way out um, to really map out and f- create my, you know, my, my things? Why don't I have a top-down view? And that's, you know, like I said, that's a shame because, like I said, there are a lot of people who are very skilled but for people like myself, who were never going to be builders and never going to be architects, who really want to try and get this, it's frustrating. You dig? Well frustrating. Um, I've seen some people bitching about the PC port. Well, that's stupid. Because I've had no problems on the PC. I'm running on a fucking laptop and it's still running gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I think this, that's just, you know, a couple of my issues. Um, I mean, it would be nice to perhaps have more than one companion at one time just to see them bicker and, or whatever, fight for affection or whatever. And the, the companions are dumb as bricks. They really are. They're, they're, they're getting up at 3am to line up on Black Friday thick. That's how dumb they are. Um, Nothing worse than watching Codsworth go down because he fucking floated off to take off a take on a legendary Deathclaw, which happened. Uh, but on the flip side of that, I was actually watching a you know I'd been done my exploring. And I was in a power suit and um, and this was this is part of the cool things with Fallout. I'd wandered down into the irradiated zone south on the south end of the map. Um, well, there's some cool stuff. I mean, that's, you know, it's the crater. That's where the bomb hit. Um, and I saw this legendary death claw in the distance. So I slap out my sniper rifle. And I just put, you know, just look in the scope. Because, I, I, you know, I crafted a great scope. And I could see up close. And it's kicking the shit out of a couple of uh, giant rad scorpions. 
And you know, it's Godzilla versus King Kong time. I was missing the popcorn because they were beating the crap out of each other and it was awesome. And I watched that for a while until I realized that Codsworth was now drifting into my scope because he'd gone bananas. So, of course, I have to run because Codsworth is about to get smushed and I would have got squished. So, yeah, I had to come back later and try and find him. I got him back, but I wish the AI was smarter. Give you a little more options with the AI. That would be cool. But still, incredibly awesome game. One I will sneak off and play again a little today. Because I want the Commonwealth to be flat and clear of all rubbish. And every bad guy and monster to be gone. And I will be king of it all, I tell you. King of it all. Okay. Next and final indeed topic of the week. And this is one that uh, was part of last week's show and never made it because obviously the show didn't make it <clears throat> let me pause for a drink all right so final topic this week and this is again this is what i was going to talk about last week and it's the pity party table for one uh reserved for mr stephen tortillo of uh, kotaku the editor-in-chief of kotaku who last week um penned uh, an op-ed titled The Price of Games Journalism. And look, I'm sorry, the only thing that's missing right now is a small, it's the sound of the world's tiniest violins because, you know, that's all that's needed. And he was lamenting and woeing and, oh, how bad life is because Bethesda and Ubisoft have blacklisted Kotaku. Which is why their Fallout game uh, review didn't go up in a timely manner and why Assassin's Creed didn't get its latest review in a timely manner and how they don't get invited to events anymore and don't get to go get information and screenshots and because they were just doing journalism when they leaked a bunch of stuff. Uh, I had to pause there because I'm just I'm, I'm just welling up inside. I, I just feel so badly for them. I mean, when you pull shady shit year in, year out in the pursuit of clicks and you set gamers against each other in the pursuit of clicks and when you publish information from stolen documents, not leaked, stolen about video games. And again, about video games. Not somebody's holding back the cure for cancer or a government has been exceptionally naughty somewhere. Or even a video game company is doing something exceptionally devious and shady. No. Just want to spoil shit. That's what we do. We're Kotaku. We like to spoil shit. We like to ruin the surprise that a game is coming and give away key plot points and everything like that because we're doing journalism because we're, we're ethical. Oh, go fuck yourself, Stephen. I'm sorry. Look, we've met many a time, but I just have zero patience for you. You in particular. Uh, I mean, I've picked on Kotaku so many times over the years, but I got to say, I mean, it looked like they were getting their shit together. They, they do have some good stuff on the site. Um, you know, some of the journalists I'd ragged on in the past seem to have gotten over themselves and are just writing for this, you know, just interesting stuff. And, I mean, there's always been people at Kotaku who have been good. I mean, 
I will name check Evan Narcisse because guy's fucking brilliant. Um, he writes some really good game-related stuff, but then also some amazing, you know, breakdowns of comic books. And I like the guy. But I don't... I just can't believe the gall of them complaining. Because let's, let's face it, and I just said this. What they did was they handled proprietary information that was embargoed, NDA, not even embargoed, NDA'd. And not a standard games journalist NDA, but a full-on corporate NDA. That is, these are trade secrets, you cannot release them. They handled and published them. So in, in basically they were in receipt and used stolen documents for their own gains. They're lucky blacklistings, the, 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 the uh, worst that happened to them. If I'd have been Bethesda and fucking Ubisoft, I'd have formed, a, formed up and sued Gorka Media into the fucking black hole that it crawled out of. And this is the problem. Oh, we think that uh, games journalism is leaking shit. We think that games journalism is writing a bunch of articles to set people off against each other all the time. That's not games journalism. That's fucking tabloidism. And look, again, they're lucky that it's only these two companies that have done it to them because I know a lot of people in this industry and I know a lot of PR people in this industry and we have candid off-the-record conversations and the general consensus is that Kotaku is something that they would love to block and would if they had the power. Because I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying fucking regurgitate a press release and a quote, blah, 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 you know, as is over and over ad nauseum ad infinitum. If you want to do some journalism work, I mean, ask to do some interesting interviews. Do some interviews that are, you know, and it, it can be tough, you know, to do an interview um, with a developer where you talk about some of the less savory aspects of perhaps their last game or, you know, a feature that might be causing some issues down the line. Because PR does have a big control over stuff. And again, that's not ideal. And unfortunately, that's the, uh, you know, that's the way it is. I was a PR guy. I think I only blacklisted one journalist ever. Actually, two. First one was a long time ago because they did naughty, naughty stuff with a preview code of a game. And then the other one was when I was doing Fear. And one particular journalist who was demanding that, uh, you know, he have an interview for his very small outlet was sending the same 10 questions to everybody at my dev team. And so, you know, even though I told him not to and that we'd get to an interview in the right possible time, uh, same 10 questions over and over. And so I 86'd him when I was at Vivendi. And so did every other Vivendi PR manager. We 86'd him for a year. And, you know, you have to play ball to a certain degree. And like I said, there's some really interesting stuff. I mean, Jason Shreer's piece on Destiny, um, on how, you know, the genesis of Destiny was really quite fraught. That was a really interesting piece of games uh, lore, if you will. And I thought it was fantastic. And that's the sort of shit I call, you know, as much as you're going to do in an entertainment medium, journalism. And that was really, really interesting. And that's the sort of stuff that I have no problems with reading and sharing and praising the journalists for doing it. But Kotaku 
under the stewardship of Stephen Totillo, has gone from a site that everybody used to go to because they did some cool, they did a bunch of cool stuff, to a site that is the makes the National Enquirer look like the BBC. And let's not forget the summer, you know, the year before the Gamergate shit kicked off. Who was there needling and inciting and setting gamers against each other with their stupid little pieces about, oh, dragon's crown, the boobs are too big, or bros versus hoes, or oh my god, far cry cry blood dragons homophobic, even though it's meant as one big joke from the writer who is gay. So is it any wonder last year it devolved into such a shit show that keeps on going? Because that's what Kotaku did two years ago. They spent an entire year riling and alienating people on both sides. And people got pissed off. Because there's a way to put across a message that there might be an issue with something. And there's a way not to do it, to sensationalize and just basically create warring factions and Kotaku went with plan b and plan b really borne out well didn't it we now have a bunch of entitled asshole little wankers who think they're on a crusade to save their games and then we have the 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 flip side of that where people are offended at the slightest possible hint of cleavage or some sort of you know culturally appropriated disastrous fucking montage and it boils down to both sides being way too fucking stupid and sensitive there's a happy ground in the middle and that happy ground is not one that Kotaku treads or Stephen Totillo treads so yes I'm sorry Kotaku is you know Stephen you're wrong You deserve to be blacklisted. More companies should be blacklisting you because you know what? You don't perform a service to games journalism and you don't perform a service to your own staff who who write some really good stuff because they all get tarred with the brush that you keep on dipping into the pot of shit. And stop doing that. In fact, you know, maybe it's time to step aside. So... Yeah, I could go on about this one for, for ages, but I'd end up talking about it over and over and over and the same fucking points that it would just right while rile me up. So let me just say this one last time. When you decide to make your bed by releasing shit you should have no doubt you should you have no issues or no right to be releasing and let's not let's not forget that you know the worst case scenario here that there's stuff that was in those documents that they released that didn't make it into the final game and people start creating a shitstorm because oh kotaku told us you were doing this and you didn't you're bastards and we lead to more death threats and assholery yeah so when you make that bed by shitting on people and fucking people over don't be surprised when bed is hard and lumpy and cold and lonely because the companies you've shat on and caused a shit ton of hassle for don't want to work with you you have no god-given demand or you know, obligation to write about their games you have no god-given 
obligation to write good stuff about their games. On the flip side, they have no obligation to support you. They have no obligation to send you shit, to invite you to events, to buy ads on your sites. Two-way street. I've said this before, got into a bunch of trouble with it. The same people who bitched at me then will bitch at me now. And to them, I say, fuck off and get a clue. Seriously? Because you're part of the fucking problem. You're not doing proper journalism. You think you are, but you're not. This is an entertainment medium. And if you're not uncovering shady shit, leave the fuck alone and stop spoiling it for everybody else. Okay. That's the end of the episode. I'm finally going to upload this one. I know I am. And it's going to go out and people are going to get pissed. And I don't give a shit. Um, Belated happy Thanksgiving to all my American chums. Um, Things I am thankful for. Because everybody's been doing that. Well, things I'm thankful for is my health, my wife, my dog, my cats, my family, my friends. And you insane motherfuckers who tune in to listen to whatever I ramble about. Again, apologies for the two-week delay. It won't happen again. There will be a new podcast up next Friday, day, 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 uh, where I'll be talking about the Game Awards because that'll be happened the night before, which is nice. Nice. Be special to each other, folks. Don't be dicks. Tis the season to not be a rectal wart. You know what I'm saying? Uh, usual social media stuff, Annoyed Gamer on Twitter and um, Instagram, and there's a Facebook page for Marcus Beer, and like the SoundCloud, share the SoundCloud. Just be good. I know most of you are good people out there. We have it in our hearts to be cool to each other, not to be dickwads. I'm out.